From VOA Learning English, this is the Technology Report. Imagine a camera that can take 100 billion pictures a second. That is enough to record the fastest movements in the universe. Now, a scientist has invented such a camera. He calls it an imaging system. Li Hong Wang is a biomedical engineer at Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. He leads a team of researchers who have discovered several new imaging methods. He says now humans can see light pulses traveling at the speed of light. The speed of light is almost 300 million meters per second. At that speed, it would take just one second to travel around the world seven and a half times. Mr. Wong photographs light particles moving at that speed using an unusual camera. He says his streak camera allows them to convert time into space. He says his researchers are able to turn light particles or photons into electrons. Then the electrons are used to make the picture. Unlike other streak cameras, Mr. Wong's does not need special lighting. Mr. Wong says his camera produces two-dimensional images like regular photographs. The camera is very fast, taking one image every 10 trillionths of a second. Brian Pogue is a biomedical engineer at Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. He reviewed the new imaging system for the science publication Nature. He says this new way of seeing the movement of light could lead to major scientific discoveries in areas like optical cloaking. Cloaking is technology that could make an object seem to disappear. Li Hong Wang says the new camera might be used in molecular biology and astronomy. For VOA Learning English, I'm Carolyn Prasuti.
From VOA Learning English, this is the Science Report. Many science fiction stories tell about explorers arriving in a new world. The explorers use some kind of high-tech device to test for breathable air or signs of life. But here on Earth, science fiction is becoming reality through a new sampling technology called environmental DNA, or eDNA for short. Scientists can use it to identify rare or invasive species, study biodiversity, or estimate fish populations with just a little air or water. Ryan Kelly is an ecologist at the School of Marine and Environmental Affairs at the University of Washington in Seattle. He works in a laboratory there with other researchers. They study the genetic material released by living creatures. Ryan Kelly says he and his research team are studying water samples collected from Puget Sound. He says the cost of gene sequencing has gone down sharply in recent years. That makes DNA testing more widely available. Environmental DNA can be used in two ways. One is to identify the creatures that live in a certain place. The other is to confirm the presence or lack of a specific creature. Karen Goldberg heads the new eDNA lab at Washington State University in Pullman, Washington. She is one of the first biologists in the Northwestern United States to use the technology. She says it helps her study species that are hard to find Karen Goldberg sees eDNA as a way to get answers more efficiently, safely, and with less destruction compared to traditional methods. A related research goal is to show how long environmental DNA can last and how far it can travel in different environments. For VOA Learning English, I'm Carolyn Prasuti.
from VOA Learning English, this is the Health Report. Autism Spectrum Disorder is a developmental disability. People with autism have trouble communicating and with social skills. They also might repeat some behaviors and not want change in their daily activities. Some people with the condition need a lot of help. U.S. government officials say autism affects one in every 68 children in the United States. But the number of cases appears to be growing. Common signs of autism include trouble making eye contact and a delay in learning how to speak. Some people with severe autism never learn how to talk. Doctors have learned how to recognize autism, but much is still unknown about its causes. Researchers at Harvard University have come closer to finding answers. They found that women exposed to the highest levels of a kind of air pollution are two times more likely to give birth to a child with autism. Mark Weisskopf led the Harvard researchers. They studied women who were in the later part of their pregnancies. In all, they examined medical records from all 50 U.S. states for about 116,000 mothers and their children. The study found that the women who were around high levels of fine particulate matter air pollution were at the highest risk of having an autistic child. They found the risk was only when the mother was pregnant, not before or after the child was born. Mark Weisskopf says this finding does not prove there is a direct link between pollution and autism. But he adds it has increased his team's belief that there is a relationship between the two. Autism is believed to result from a combination of environmental and genetic factors. For VOA Learning English, I'm Carolyn Prasuti.
From VOA Learning English, this is the Education Report. When Cambodia's grade 12 students took their final test in August 2014, only 26% of them passed. Tighter security meant students could not cheat. Students who failed the tests could take the test again. The second time, about 18% of the students passed the test. Students taking the test this year know they will have to study hard to do well. Final year student Ratana says he and his classmates know they will not be able to cheat on their exams. In the past, some teachers would sell the exam questions to students. Why was last year different from earlier years? Hang Chun Naran began serving as Education Minister in 2014. He wants to end corruption in Cambodia's schools. He thinks that education reform is necessary for Cambodia's economic development. He says the country needs to give its students better skills. Mr. Naran's policies include better pay and training for teachers. In May 2015, teachers' salaries will increase from an average of $137.50 a month to $162.50. The education budget will increase and new training will help educators teach better critical thinking and problem-solving skills. Another problem is that the usual primary school class has 46 students to one teacher. This is the highest student-teacher number outside of Africa. The Asian Development Bank is giving $90 million to Cambodia over the next five years. The money will go to help students stay in school and to improve the quality of education there. For VOA Learning English, I'm Carolyn Prasuti.
from VOA Learning English. This is the Economics Report. The recent elections in Greece put politician Alexis Tsipras and his Syriza party in power in the heavily indebted country. Prime Minister Tsipras gained popularity by promising to end austerity policies. Those are measures to shrink the government budget and reduce spending. Mr. Cephas has said he will renegotiate loans from the European Union and International Monetary Fund. EU finance ministers have suggested giving Greece more time to pay back its loans. However, there is little support for canceling any of the debt. Dionysus Dimitrakopoulos is a political expert at the University of London. He says EU members know that they are not getting the results they wanted from Greece's austerity program. Mr. Cyprus has tried to show that he means to change Greek politics. The new leader's Syriza party joined with the right-wing independent Greeks party to form a ruling coalition in parliament. Both parties want to change the terms of Greece's loan deal, but they agree on little else. EU Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker told reporters that EU officials would have to look at the demands of the new Greek government. And German officials have stated that it may be better for Greece to stop using the euro as its currency. However, expert Dionysus Dimitrakopoulos says the cost of Greece leaving the Eurozone may be too high. There may be more questions facing EU officials. British Prime Minister David Cameron says he would seek to renegotiate Britain's relationship with the EU if his party wins elections in May. For VOA Learning English, I'm Carolyn Prasuti. In parking lots throughout the city, nestled next to traditional trash dumpsters, big purple containers like this help businesses to reduce the daily high volume of their trash pickups while keeping perfectly good glass out of the landfill. These dedicated containers were the idea of Mike Oots, a plant engineer at Boulevard Brewing Company. We have about 66 locations around the city, and residents basically bring their glass and drop it into the bins. And this glass is, is bottles, it's jars, it's um, pickle jars, it's everything you can imagine uh, related to glass containers. So as the citizens deposit their glass, eventually the glass bin gets full and it's brought over to our plant. 
Oots realized that Kansas City had a glass recycling rate much lower than most cities in the United States. For example, only 18% of the household trash in the city is recyclable, with 5% of that being glass. The average rate for glass in the United States is nearly 30%. We didn't have recycling options. We had about four locations to drop off glass in the city. Oots developed a unique business that hasn't been tried anywhere else in the nation. It's a company who's not only recycling glass and processing recycled glass, but we're developing at the same time the collection network for that glass. Generally, a company, a glass processor, is sited where there's a good glass collection system already in place. We lack that network in Kansas City. We saw the opportunity for Ripple Glass, and at the same time, we are developing both pieces of the 